We're going to be talking about um, our value courageous tonight. And um, it's something that I'm so passionate about. And God's been speaking to me as I've been preparing this message. And I'm really excited to share what he's placed on my heart. And uh, The first thing that uh, is not revelation from God that I want to share is who else has ever lost their phone? Come on, like four people in the place has lost their phone. Who's been in a position where you've lost your phone, you get into such a state of panic that you look everywhere. You look in your pockets, you look in your car, you look in your hat, you look at, you even start to think, did I leave it at work? I see people pointing at people right now. <laughs> Fingers down, people. Uh, and we just, you get into a state of panic going, where is my phone? Um, anyone else? Because I've been there. And um, you'd often go, can someone call my phone? And so someone calls your phone. And how many people have had their phone called to find out that it was in their hand all along? <laughs> Come on, there's some people with me. Come on, you were freaking out looking everywhere, but you forgot to look right in front of you at your hand. And you will discover how that has to do anything with what I'm about to preach very soon. I'd love for you to turn to your Bibles in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, reading from the NLT. It says this, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, how amazing is that? Deuteronomy 3, 31, 6, 6 says this. That's a long thing. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. That's some good news. Isaiah 41, 10 says this. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hands. Psalm 23, 4 says, come on, we all know this one. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close behind me. How good is that? There's something that each of these pieces of scripture have in common. And what it is, is that God is with us. Amen? Come on, God is with us. We're talking about courage today. And the key to courage is that God is with us. God is with us. When I was spending time with Father preparing for this message, I felt him say this to me. And it was a really profound statement for me, to be honest. He said, a lack of courage is not knowing that I'm with you. I'm going to say that again. A lack of courage is not knowing that I'm with you. Is not knowing that God is with you. Come on, everybody say, God is with me. Everybody say to your neighbor, God is with me. Come on. Acts 10.38 says this. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Come on, God was with Jesus. He is God, but God was with Jesus. 
and that enabled him to be able to see these amazing miracles. And I believe that God is wanting to move powerfully through every person in this place. Not one person left out. God is wanting to move through every person in his place. And he is wanting us to step into the purpose that he has for our life. Because he has a plan and a purpose for your life that is beyond your wildest imagination. And he wants you to step into it with courage. And the way that we step into our purpose with courage is knowing that God is with us. Knowing that he is closer than the breath that we breathe, closer than the skin on our bodies, but however the lyrics went. He is so close to us. We need to live with a confidence and an assurance that God is with us, yeah? Yes. Exodus thirty-three fourteen to 15 says this. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Come on, if we want to live a life of courage, where we're walking in the purpose of God, we need to have revelation of how close God is to us. And then I believe that we need to have a cry on our hearts like Moses saying, God, I'm not going to go unless you're with me. Come on, how many situations have we been where we look at it and go, <laughs> and we need to have a cry in our heart going, God, is this where you want me to go? Because I will go if you want me to go, but I'm not going unless you're going with me. Come on, we need to go because God is with us. Everybody say, I'm not alone. I believe, that, I was preparing this actually, I believe that there's some people here tonight and you feel like you're alone. You're hearing the greatest news that you could ever hear right now. That God is with you always. That God is with you always. You are not alone. Everybody say, God is with me. We'll get there. We need to know how close God is. One of the, the best ways that we can constantly remind ourselves how close God is, is by reading the Word of God. The Word of God is so powerful, and it is the only book in the world where it requires the author to be present with us as we read it. And God is wanting to reveal things. God is wanting to speak to us as we read the Word of God. He, the Word of God is alive, but the thing that makes it alive is the Spirit of God, is the presence of God. And we need to come back to the Word to know how close God really is. I was reading through uh, the book of Esther, and um, I know a lot of people love the book of Esther. And uh, it was really fascinating um, as I discovered uh, that the book of Esther is the only book in the Bible that doesn't mention God once. Do you guys know that? <laughs> the book of Esther doesn't mention God once. Well, I, it blew my mind when I found that out. I was like, oh my goodness. And, and yet, even though it doesn't mention God, we can see God's fingerprints throughout the story of Esther. And we can see him moving, but it doesn't specifically mention God. And I was reading it, I was going, that's quite interesting. Because when we look at it top down, read it from beginning to end as an outsider perspective, we read that and go, man, look at God, God's doing. Come on, God's moving, God's doing amazing things, which seems to be a very dark situation. 
And I wonder how many situations in our world we're in and we don't see God moving. And we have a perspective where we're going, God, are you even here? But he is moving. His name might not be mentioned, but we know that he is moving. I guarantee that if each one of us could hop into a time machine and and transport 10 years into the future, and we went and looked back on a situation that we've been in, or maybe even a situation that we're in right now in this season, we would be able to see the moments that God was working. And God is moving and he is wanting to reveal how close he is in every situation. Uh, Whatever situation you're going through, can I declare Joshua 1.9 over you right now? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That is some good news. That is some amazing news. Come on, everybody say, I am courageous. Because God is with me. Come on. So we, re- we receive revelation. And we realize how, co- how close God is to us. And it's amazing. And it enables us to step into this thing called courage. And there's something that happens when we step into courage. And that's called obedience. I want to talk about obedience. And uh, I'm, I'm going to read from a passage in Judges 20. Um, to give a little bit of background, some people will know Judges 20. Uh, some horrific things happen. Uh, if you want to find out what happens, you can read it yourself. But some incredibly horrific things take place which uh, in a tribe called Benjamin. And uh, basically all 12 tribes of Israel come together and go, we need to go to battle with the tribe of Benjamin because what they did is horrific. And so they all come together, and uh, this is where we're reading from, which is Judges 20, 18 to 28. It says this, Before the battle, the Israelites went to Bethel and asked God, which tribe should go first to attack the people of Benjamin? The Lord answered, Judah is to go first. So the Israelites left early in the next morning and camped near Gibeah. Then they advanced towards Gibeah to attack the men of Benjamin. But Benjamin's warriors who were defending the town came out and killed 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield that day. It's a bad day in the office. But the Israelites encouraged each other and took their positions again at the same place that they fought the previous day. For they had gone up to Bethel and wept in the presence of the Lord until evening. They had asked the Lord, should we fight against our relatives again? And the Lord had said, go out and fight against them. So the next day they went out again to fight against the men of Benjamin. But the men of Benjamin killed another 18,000 Israelites, all of whom were experienced with the sword. Another bad day in the office. Then all the Israelites went up to Bethel and wept in the presence of the Lord and fasted until evening. They also brought burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. The Israelites went up seeking direction from the Lord. The Israelites asked the Lord, should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again or should we stop? The Lord said, go, tomorrow I will hand them over to you. And fast forward, the Israelites won the battle. And 
I find this passage incredibly challenging and incredibly encouraging. Because we see the Israelites go into battle, battle one, 22,000 soldiers dead. They come back, just imagine what they're thinking. Well, that didn't work out. We should probably get out of here. We just lost 22,000 friends. But what do they do? They say, God, what should we do next? And they do what God says. The next day, day two, they go there. 18,000 people get killed. What's happening in two days? 40,000 people just died. 40,000 Israelites just died. It's like, what is going on? Surely we get out of here now. Surely. And then what do they do? They sought after the Lord and they said, God, what should we do next? God says, go again. Imagine God saying, go again, when you've just failed twice really, really, really bad. That is so tough. The situation that they are in, that is unbelievable in a sense. And then they go again on the third day and they win the battle. I find that challenging because I wonder how many times in my life How many times in each of maybe our lives, we've been so close to a breakthrough. We've been so close to a victory, so close to a miracle, so close to an encounter, but we lost courage and we decided to do our own thing and say, this is not working rather than saying, God, if you said it, I'll do it and living a life of obedience. How challenging is that? challenges me. I remember in my first year of youth leading at Activate, uh, I went through some situations from about January till October where it had the potential to break me. I remember having leadership sessions with leadership to basically say, I want to be out. I want to quit. And um, God said clearly to me, you need to keep going. And in the natural, I was like, why? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. It's going to break me. And in the natural, it made sense just to run. But God said, keep going. And praise God, I had the courage to keep going. Because f- four years later, I've been able to see so many young people give their lives to Jesus been able to see so many young people get healed, so many young people find freedom, so many young people find a home, and and I've been able to meet amazing, amazing people in my team, and it's been such a blessing, but there was a time where I nearly gave up. I nearly quit, but God said, keep going, and I just wonder, what would life look like right now if I didn't obey him, and I was like, no way, (laughs) I'm going this way. And when we have revelation of how close God is, it enables us to step into courage. But when we're in that place of courage, are we doing it our way or are we doing it God's way? Because there's a big, big difference. It says this in John 14 to 15. If, this is Jesus talking, if you love me, obey my commandments. We display our love for Jesus by obedience. 
We display our love for Jesus by obeying him. 1 Samuel 15 to 23 says this, This shook me. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. That passage is so packed. I did a little bit of research and I looked up the word rebellion and what that actually meant. And it meant opposition to one in authority. And I wonder how many of us are living in rebellion to God, in opposition of His authority, saying, no God, I want to do it my way, not your way. I looked up the definition of witchcraft because it says it in the verse. And witchcraft says the use of magic, especially for evil purposes. It's pretty dark. And it says here that rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Us saying, God, I'm going to do it my way, is as sinful as that. I wonder how many situations we've been in our life where we've said, God, you can use me here, 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 and here, but when it comes to my finances, let me just have control of that. I know what I'm doing. God, use me here, 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 and here. But when it comes to my kids and my wife, I've got the hang of that. God, use me here, here, here. But when it comes to my work, I can deal with that. Maybe you're in a tough situation like the Israelites were in. And you've decided to Give up and go this way when God is obviously saying, I need you to go this way. Come on, we are called to live a life of courageous obedience. Courageous obedience. God is wanting to give revelation of how close He is so that we can step into a place of courage so that then we can be courageous obedient. Will you do it or will you not? Is the question. Obedience is partnering with his desires because of a radical first love for Jesus. Come on, who loves Jesus? Come on, six people. Come on, who loves Jesus? Because this isn't something that we should be quiet about. The Savior of the world, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, died for us. So that we can be in relationship with us. There's something to be excited about. Spill on the tip of our tongues. God, I will give you this, I'll give you this, I'll give you this. But when it comes to my language, I will control that. Some people need to hear that. Holy Spirit is wanting to convict some people tonight about language. We need to know what God is. We need to know who God is, sorry. We need to know how close He is so it can enable us to live a life of courage, 
and to live a life of courage where we're saying, God, it's your way. It's your purposes. It's your plan. And I will follow you. I will follow you.